Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited today. You guys know I'm always excited to have former Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants. And today I have the lovely Kimberly Vick on with me virtually. We're actually in Clubhouse right now in a closed room, which is so much fun because it's just so easy and no one can come in here and listen to our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. This platform is seriously amazing. If you guys aren't on it, you really, truly are missing out. But welcome, Kimberly, to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, I love the clubhouse aspect. I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off the whole conversation. So definitely. Yeah. Not being on video, I think really gets people to relax and just, you know, I mean, you could be in your pajamas. I don't know. Like (laughs) I'm in a robe. You would never know. (laughs) See, exactly. Exactly. So I love it. Now, Kimberly was on Jake Pavelka's season of The Bachelor, and she really, like, shockingly left night one. So we're going to get into that and how she felt. You guys have heard her on other podcasts before. This is going to be a little bit different of a podcast. We're really going to get to know who Kimberly is. And, of course, we'll get to the show. But before then, Kimberly, where did you grow up, and what kind of little girl were you? I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma, and I live in Oklahoma City now, so I I didn't venture far. I had grand dreams of moving to Florida. I really wanted to work ever since I was little, 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 and the first time I ever met Snow White when I was five years old, I wanted to be Snow White at Disney World. I love that. It was a lifelong dream of mine. I don't know why I was so upset. I was so obsessed with Disney. And don't worry, I'm not a, an, a Disney adult. It's fine. <laughs> but um, I, loved, I loved Disney growing up. And um, my parents, I was super shy. And my mom put me and my two sisters in dance classes. Uh, my dad had us playing pretty much all kinds of sports. And once we got a little bit older, you know, we could choose one sport because I'm sure that you know having kids sports are a huge time commitment and so is dance and so um you know much to my dad's chagrin we all chose dance and (laughs) he tried real hard I I played um softball until I was a freshman in high school and he had us playing volleyball and soccer and I mean it was just everything and we you know we all chose dance because that's what we were better at so I have two sisters, both are older, I'm the baby, and my parents are still married. They've been married for forever, it seems like. And so it was just, you know, for a long time, just the five of us. And my parents, as parents, were really, really, really wonderful and very supportive and, you know, always at everything. My parents, as husband and wife, were great until they weren't. And I feel like right around middle school is kind of where it took a turn for me because my parents, that's when, you know, we found out about my, my dad's affair and it felt like life was just crumbling for me. And so I feel like from about seventh grade on, I really struggled. And I feel like those are prime times of being 
of growing up is like really when you need your parents are in high school and you're going through a lot of changes and stuff like that. And I, I felt like I didn't really have that. So, you know, my childhood from zero to about 12 was great. And then it all shattered. So I, I like to try and, you know, think about the good times and block out the bad, but that's really hard to, really hard to do that. Of course. No, I understand that. And I don't know um, if you know, but I actually grew up in Florida. So Disney was a big part of my life as well. Aww, we honestly, <laughs> we have a lot in common. Did you feel like you needed to kind of pick up the pieces back at home? I did. I, you're exactly right. It was like, you know, my dad kind of stop being around because my mom was so angry and so then it was it was me and my sisters trying to pick up my mom from the literal floor yeah and console her and I feel like we we grew up we had to grow up really really fast and then it just kind of continued like that all through college so I I understand what you mean about feeling like you you need to basically pick up the pieces. I was still doing that through college. So Oh my gosh. I'm like in awe because you're you were the baby and yet you also had to take on that role, which is wow, that's a lot. But you had your yeah, sisters I, to help I, you. I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagrams. I'm sure you do. I'm a type two. I'm a helper. Mm-hmm. And it fits me to a T. Like I'm still the person who pretty much picks up the pieces (laughs) well that makes sense because I'm a helper too so (laughs) I love it yeah it it makes perfect sense and then my middle sister is also a helper so it it makes perfect sense good okay you guys were well equipped then (laughs) you're well equipped (laughs) oh yeah oh my gosh came out on top just kidding You're so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that deeply personal memory with us. I know that's, that is hard to talk about. So I I appreciate that. I dived in real quick. Oh no, that, hey, get, you know, when I say getting cozy, we're getting cozy. Like we're, (laughs) we are going to be best friends after this show. I promise. That's what happens. Yes. So I would love to know how you were about boys when you were like in, you know, elementary middle school high school like were you boy crazy oh yeah totally boy crazy. <laughs> you know we would always play wedding at recess and oh, how um, cute. always always wanted to be the bride I yeah oh yeah boy crazy totally I had an obsession with <laughs> some of the strangest actors like I don't know why but I watched can't hardly wait when <gasps> I was in middle school and I became obsessed with Seth Green. Seth Green? I think it's because he, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, I don't have a type, all right? Like, if you're funny, you make me laugh, and you are sweet and just an overall good person, I will probably fall for you. My And then, you know, on the other hand, I was also obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio because I saw Titanic in high school. Uh, or in, yes. Sorry, in middle school. Yes, definitely. And so, you know, like everyone else, that, that was like prime Leo DiCaprio, right? Yep. And so then I'm like renting every single Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> movie that was ever made. I had posters hanging up in my room of these guys, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I mean, I told you, I do not have a type. Like, 
I, I, I liked boys, it. all right? <laughs> I love it. Okay, I have to ask you, how many times did you see Titanic in the theater? Oh, I, at least three or four. I've got you beat. At, I saw it seven times. <laughs> I, I believe it. I mean, there were people who went like every day and you know I went when I could (laughs) I was like yeah I guess maybe I should go see something else now (laughs) but wait did you see it by yourself though this is the problem (laughs) I saw it by myself not all seven times but I saw it by myself I'd say a handful of times by myself (laughs) I love that I don't think my parents would have let me go by myself because I was I think I was in sixth or seventh grade Oh, okay. I think I was a little bit, I was a little bit older then. in my bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, I remember crying in my bedroom waiting for the VHS to come out, the tube tape VHS, because I was like, I just want to watch the movie again, and I can't. And now kids don't, you know, nowadays, they don't understand. They don't understand that it took six months from theater to release on a VHS which is like, ridiculous now you get an instant download exactly you don't even have to go to the theater to watch a new movie anymore I know they have got it so good I tell my kids that all the time yes. I'm like you guys have no idea they're like oh my god we have to wait till Friday I'm like we had to wait till like <laughs> summer and it was winter you know what I mean yes <laughs> it was no, it was not a quick process so I was like crying in my room I wanted to watch Leo DiCaprio in Titanic so bad so I would cry about it so I love that I I think I think you could say I I liked boys yeah (laughs) I love it um I was I'm curious was there a movie when you were younger that you wanted to watch that your parents did not allow you to watch like you were banned from watching it you know not really I had a lot of friends my parents were pretty open I mean they let us watch friends with them when I was little. I mean, Friends came out when I was in fifth grade or something like that. And so I would like sit and watch Friends with my mom. Now, my mom took me to go see Jerry Maguire in the theater. Oh, And okay. I was really young when that came out too. Okay, <laughs> so okay. There wasn't a ton. And like, I'm, I'm sort of a horror freak. I love horror movies. And there was never a movie that she was like, no, that's, that's absolutely not. Now, my friends wouldn't be allowed to watch things like Pretty Woman. So coming over to to my house was like more fun. We pretty much could watch whatever we wanted. And my parents just, they just didn't really put a hold on anything. Like, no, I wasn't like, you know, crazy. I wasn't watching, you know, crazy things, but. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But no, they were never like, no, you can't, you can't see that. My parents really cared. And that's very smart, honestly, because I was banned from watching Dirty Dancing and I did everything in my power to watch that movie because I was told I couldn't, you know, right, like, exactly. hello. Exactly. And no, you know I watched it and I was obsessed is, with it. I mean, obsessed. It's the ungettable get. You want what you can't have. Always. Always. So that is always, so always. funny. I actually was baby, not last Halloween because we didn't have a Halloween last year, uh, right? But the Halloween before, yeah, I was baby perfect. and my husband was Johnny. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're perfect for that. <laughs> it was fun. I love, yeah, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to need to see picture proof of that. For sure. I got, I got him a little toupee and everything. He was a pretty good Johnny. He's a pretty good Johnny. 
<laughs> oh my amazing. God. I am loving this. Okay. So where did you go to college and did you know what you wanted to major in and kind of do when you grew up, I guess I should say? I went to the University of Oklahoma, which is in Norman. Growing up in Norman, you know, OU is it. I didn't apply anywhere else. I didn't want to go anywhere else. My dad went there. My grandpa went there. Both of my sisters were there. So for me, it was it was a no-brainer. I knew I wanted to go there. I had always had these huge dreams and aspirations of trying out for the OU Palm Squad. And I was a senior at Norman North, and I was like, you know, I kind of think I want to try out. I didn't have any plans of doing it at that point because I really, truly thought there was no way I could make the team. Like, no way. I just, I maybe didn't have the confidence or I knew that the girls on the team, I mean, they're incredible dancers. They are, you know, tall and skinny and beautiful on the sidelines. They were it for me. And so I was like, there's no way that I'll make that team. And my friend Jordan was trying out and she was like, just try out, just try it. And then my, my friend Brittany, who's actually the one who nominated me for the bachelor. I saw her a lot at games just kind of throughout the year. And she was like, you need to try out for the team. I mean, we're, you know, we're all trying out you need to try out too. And I was like, I don't, I just don't want to, I don't think I'm going to, I'm, you know, I've done four years of high school palm and I just don't think I can do it. And, and Jordan kind of convinced me too. And she was like, you should just try it. You know, what can it hurt? So we went to tryouts together and, um, we all three made it. And <laughs> that was my biggest thing going to college was, okay, I am an OU palm now. And this is like what I want to be doing. I didn't know what I wanted to major in. I really didn't have any career hopes or dreams. I mean, I'm smart. I'm very common sense smart and I can speak well, but I, you know, I love English and that's maybe about it. (laughs) And so I didn't get the, you know, the science brain that my sister and my dad have. They are, my dad is like the smartest person that I know. And I just didn't get that. I got, you know, the common sense and I, you know, I'm fine with that. I love that. So going into college, I was like, you know, I, I tried public relations. I thought maybe, you know, something in journalism would be really, really great for me. Mm-hmm. And I got into the actual journalism classes and I realized that I didn't like any of it. I, I didn't, I just didn't, I wasn't vibing with any of it. So I switched my major to human relations and I really thought once I got there, kind of go into more of like a social work type of position And my mom was like, Kimberly, you are too sensitive to do something like that. Mm. And And I was like, you're right. I don't have a thick skin. So like, I wouldn't be able, I don't think I would have been able to deal with children's trauma or the, you know, families that, you know, you're having to deal with. And so I, I kind of shied away from that. And I, I graduated in 2008, did Palm all four years. I graduated in 2008 and we were in a recession and I could not find a job for the life of me. So I worked mm-hmm. for my sister's salon as a receptionist. She was manager at a hair salon in Oklahoma City. And, and so I was their receptionist and I did that until I found a, a job at an oil and gas company. It was the 
kind of the first <laughs> first person that that would take me. <laughs> so it ended up being the greatest blessing ever. I mean, I really feel like I thrived in oil and gas because it's a little bit more behind the scenes. I didn't really have to talk to people. I could just kind of hole up in my office and get my work done. And I loved that. So yeah, long story long. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm just so shook how similar we are. So I have a question though. Okay, so when you were, and I'm going back now, but when you were going to try out yeah. or your hesitation for trying out, why do you think that was? Do you, did you have a good self-image at that age? No, uh-uh, mm. no. I think I, I just, all of my friends in high school were gorgeous and thin and I just I had my baby fat for a really 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 long time and they like didn't have any of that and so Mm -hmm. and then I had braces until I was a junior (laughs) and I was just real homely like people do not believe me when I tell them how a long my awkward stage was and b that like I had an awkward stage (laughs) and (laughs) so it was finally like my senior year I definitely feel like I started to come into my own but I still didn't have a positive body image first of all and also I just didn't think that I could do it okay so no I, I no I didn't and then it carried through college and then it also carried into, and it got worse when I was a Thunder Girl, which is crazy because I was like, I mean, I was so small as, when I was a Thunder Girl. And I still like would come to games and I'd be like, I feel so fat. Oh, I mean, body dysmorphia, man, it is, it's, it takes a toll on your head and, it, and I still struggle with it. I mean, I think it's just something that I'll forever struggle with. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That is so rough. Did you have support of your parents in high school? I mean, I know that situation happened, but were you supported during that time? Like, do you think that led to how you felt about yourself? Yes, I I was supported. I mean, my parents were at everything. And I mean, they were always there for me. There was never a time that I was like, oh, my parents are going to abandon me in my time of need. But I also don't think I realized sort of my insecurities back then, you know, kind of look back on it now. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, okay. I was really insecure, like hindsight's twenty twenty, And right. I had lots of friends. I had a great high school experience that, you know, I would never go back. I would never want to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> but and with my parents I just I feel like I I struggled so early with my family or with my parents specifically during the affair and just kind of trying to come into my own and doing it on my own okay I never want to say that my parents abandoned me they didn't but there were a lot of times that I felt like I was alone and both of my sisters Mm -hmm. Kristen had my oldest sister had moved out she was at OU. And then my middle sister was still at Cassidy, which is my private school up in Oklahoma City. She was probably my biggest support system was, were both of my sisters, but mostly Catherine. And I mean, thank God for, for them, you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure that we would have survived without one another. No, I understand. And, and having a baby sister and, you know, going through it, our family mm-hmm. went through too. She felt abandoned by, you know, my parents and kind of had a downward spiral. And so I felt like I kind of had to take that motherly oh. role, you yeah. know, 
I just look at how it affected her and she's the same way. She has like, you know, her self image is really damaged and she, she, you know, dated a lot of toxic men. Like, did it translate into, we haven't even talked about dating, but did you date a lot of like toxic men or, or men that were damaged or had like needed saving? <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> That's a yes. Oh, the men. Yeah, I always had a boyfriend in high school. I was with my my first boyfriend for pretty much three years in high school. And then I immediately went from him to my other boyfriend from like senior year to very beginning of sophomore year of college. And both of them were really, really good guys. You know, you grow apart. And that's kind of how both of the relationships ended. After that, right after Jack in college, I started dating a couple of guys at the same time. And <laughs> but don't worry, they knew about each other. Oh, I understand. So it, was, it was fine. <laughs> and I was just trying, you know, I was a sophomore. I had just moved into uh, my sorority house and I was living with, you know, all of my best friends. And, and we were just having so much fun. And so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll date this guy. I'll also date this guy. That's fine. And um, I ended up being with one of the guys for an extended period of time. And he was one of those where, you know, his dad had had an affair and his parents got divorced and he had just moved back from Colorado. I mean, we were in our 20s. I was expecting to, you know basically find the man that I'm going to marry in college because that's what everybody in Oklahoma does. Yep. In Kentucky too. Right. And so I, you know, I'm dating this guy and he kept breaking up with me because of what I think are stupid reasons. I mean, one time Mm -hmm. he told me that the Lord told him to break up with me (laughs) and I was like, what? (laughs) I I really wanted to be like, you really need to get that checked out because that's not normal, but okay. And I also felt like it was just an excuse. And then he, you know, comes back after the summer and he's like, oh, JK, I want to be back together with you. So it was a constant roller coaster with him. And he was probably, I mean, he was my last like actual boyfriend in college. And so when I graduated college and I tried out for Thunder Girls, I was single for a couple of years. I mean, I dated, but I was pretty much single for a couple of years. And I, I dated guys that... Again, I I really wanted to be serious, and they just weren't ready for anything. And so I that was kind of my cycle. I just I, I'm really really good at finding guys who aren't ready for commitment. <laughs> and all of my girlfriends were always and like I went on so many dates, which I love. I am so thankful that from like basically 18 to 26, I had a lot of experience. I went on one date with guys. I went on two dates with guys. And then I would be like, no, I'm done with you. You know what I mean? Good. I mean, yes. I feel like, I feel like that's really important Definitely. to kind of a know yourself and, and also know what kind of person you want to be with. It took a lot of soul searching and a lot of dating different guys to realize mm-hmm. what I really needed in a man. And that's exactly and, what I recommend uh, to anybody who is in their 20s and they're single and they're just trying to, you know, yes. find themselves. Like just, yes, yeah, it's so, so important. You did exactly what you and I, should do, should have done. I don't feel like people should rush it. I mean, living in Oklahoma, like I said, is very, everyone gets married at 23 mm-hmm. and 
that's fine. I felt like I was doing something wrong by not being with someone. Yeah. And then, you know, I finally meet my now husband when I was 26 and I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it really is this easy. I thought that I had to be playing games and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of doing all of this weird stuff to try and get a guy to like me. And it turns out that like, if he wants to be with you, he will be with you. If he wants to call you, he will call you. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I I feel so loved and I feel so special. And it was then that it clicked with me. I was like, okay, I know this is so stupid and it's so cliche, but like when you know, you know. It's so true. And And so we got married when I was 29. I would not have changed any of it. Oh, I love that story. I just, I feel like for me, I needed the experience. Oh, 100%. I think everybody does. Honestly, I really and truly do. I always say you cannot scare the right guy away, no matter what. I tried on our, (laughs) on my husband and I for our first date. I tried, man. I was like, look. I am not dating for fun. I am not dating to play games. Like, I put it all on the table. This is the first date. This is, like, within the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes, I basically was like, look, this is my plan. I want to be married in, like, two years, have kids within three, you know, within another year. I'm not young. Like, at this point, I just turned 30, actually. I'm literally looking for my husband. I literally said this to a man that I met 10 minutes ago. And he's just like... (laughs) <laughs> I, I was playing just, the rules. That's not what you say. You know what I mean? Like that's no. Not, typically, you don't say things like that because it will scare a guy away. Yeah, but he was the right guy, right? So no matter yes, what I said, exactly. he was so intrigued, and he was just like, "This chick knows what she wants. Like she is. She." He's like, "It was such a turn on because I knew exactly what I was looking for." And he's like, "I had dated so many girls that were just like." I don't know. They're so wishy-washy. They're, you know, he yeah. loved the fact that I knew what I wanted. I had a plan. He didn't have a plan. So he was like, well, your plan sounds good. And he's like, and I thought you were pretty and you had a nice rack. So I'm like, let's see where this goes. I mean, it was that simple. And we were literally together from our first date. And like I said, tomorrow is our 10-year anniversary. So clearly it. it was the right how it was the right long, guy. How long from your first date until you guys like got engaged or got married? Let's see. It was, so we met in October of 2008 and the year you graduated, right? Yeah. And we were engaged by 2010, I want to say like February, 2010. So pretty, I mean, I would say pretty quick, but we moved in, I want to say maybe six months later after we met. Oh my gosh. It was quick. I moved in. I moved in with Justin six months after we went on our you first met. date. I I have to move out, and and I can't really afford an apartment on my own. I guess I'll move in with my parents. And he was like, "Well, I mean, you'll move in with me. Yeah, you're not gonna move in with your parents." Aww, and I was like, "I love oh that. Oh my god. Yes. it's meant to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I was a flight attendant, and I was living in a crash pad with like. All these, you know, single pilots. And he was just like, uh, no, we're not having that, you know. So. <laughs> and, and, he, <laughs> and he was, yeah, whoa, talk about a motivator. He was living in his aunt's house because he was a student at the time. And so oh, okay. he was like, okay, this is a perfect time. Like, this is a perfect chance for me to move out 
and then for you to also move out. So we moved out together and it was <laughs> for you to move out. Yeah. He's just like, this is a great, great time for you to get the hell out of that pilot den. <laughs> amazing. I died. I died. But yeah, it was it was perfect. It seemed fast. But I'm like, you know, we're not babies. Like he was 28, I think. And and like I said, I just turned 30. So he's a little younger, but he was definitely Yeah, he was definitely ready. But anyway, enough about me. But that you know, I I understand where you're coming from. And I just always say you can't scare the right one away. I say that a million times because it's so true. Exactly. You're exactly right. You should just start your own dating podcast. (laughs) I do kind of like mix it in, you know, with this one Mm -hmm. because it just, it comes up so often and everybody's dated, you know, everybody has dated. So it's always a topic that I bring up because I'm just so passionate about it. But I was the same with you though, as far as the social worker, I honestly felt like called to be a social worker as as well. Mm -hmm. And people just laughed at me and they're like, you, you're, you're a bleeding heart. Like there's no way in hell you're going to sit there day after day and listen to people whose lives have been like ripped apart by all these, you know, tragedies. And you're not going to like break down and cry and you can't do that, you know, as a therapist. I would have been like, all the kids can come live with me. (laughs) Right. Exactly. No, I would have been so attached and it would have been so bad. So, so um, bad. So, okay. I'm glad that you understand. (laughs) Oh, definitely. And I went into sales. So it makes sense. Like we kind of did a similar (laughs) type of thing, right? So we're very, very similar, Kimberly. Whatever allowed me to like turn my emotions off, Mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or just channel that passion into like something else outside of like, yeah, a personal. Yeah. I completely understand. Okay, so we jumped ahead to where you met your now husband. We'll come back to that because I want to hear more about him. But before that happened, you were on The Bachelor. So how did this come to be? Yeah, so 2008 to 2009, I was a Thunder Girl. And it was the very first year that we had the Oklahoma City Thunder and my, you know, same friend, Brittany, who told me and pressured me to try out for OU Palm, pressured me to try out for Thunder Girls. (laughs) And it was, you know, two of the best pressures I've ever felt in my life. And so we did Thunder Girls together for a season. And at the towards the end of the season, is that it football? Was, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's NBA basketball. Oh, okay, gotcha. So we don't have any professional teams here for my whole life. And then we get the New Orleans Hornets when I was in college. And so some of their dancers came, some of their honeybees came. We had the Hornets when Katrina hit. And they were in Oklahoma City. So they were Oklahoma City Hornets for two years. And then they left. And that was like their draw to get an NBA team. And it was kind of proof to the NBA that we, you know, that Oklahoma City can handle it. I mean, Oklahoma City just loved it. So Anyway, we acquire the Seattle Sonics. Is that what they were, I think? <laughs> the Sonics. Oh, God. I don't and... know sports to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love sports. So growing up in Oklahoma, or in Norman at least, you know, we are big football people. And so getting a professional team like this was a huge deal. Okay. And I didn't realize that, you know, they were they were also going to have a dance team. And this even attainable for me. And Brittany was like, yeah, we're doing this. And so... We were on the team together, and in April, which was the end of the season, I get a call from casting, and they're like, hey, Kimberly, you know, we got an anonymous nomination for you, and we would love it if you could submit a video 
to our casting department to start the casting process for The Bachelor. And I was like, me? What? <laughs> like, who's nominating me? It's so funny, too. Yesterday, you know how, like, Facebook memories always pop up? Oh, yeah. My Facebook memory yesterday was my status when you used to update your status, right? And it said, who nominated me for The Bachelor? <laughs> oh, my God. How funny. So it was... I guess April 28th of 2010 that I got the call. And so my friend Brittany told me, oh, it was me and just thought it was the funniest thing. And, and so that kind of steamrolled the, the process. It started it for me and my sister, my oldest sister and her boyfriend casting had sent me a whole questionnaire of like things that I should answer on the video. And I mean, I pretty much, was like, oh, well, they want to know the ins and outs of me. And so I'm going to tell them a little bit about me. And I feel like I would not be who I am without my past. And so, you know, when people ask me questions like, you know, why are you still single? Or how has your past shaped who you are now? You know, et cetera, you you tend to answer those questions. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so I did. And I was just kind of like, you know, I think I'm still single. I feel like everyone always leaves me. My best friend, you know, I, I went through her suicide and that was really extremely painful. And I have a hard time trusting people because of my dad and blah, blah, blah. And so I kind of mentioned that stuff in my video. Okay. Okay. And submitted the video. They edited it. A couple weeks later, I got an email saying that I had made it to the next round. And that was the whole background check. And it was a huge, lots of information, pretty much everything about me. They asked, you know, my ex-boyfriend's information. They asked, obviously, like, uh, obviously parents' information. They didn't need, you know, transcripts or anything like that. They didn't care about that. But pretty much anything background related, they wanted to know. So I filled that out. And that was in June, I guess. During this time, they had been calling me already, like, hey, or emailing me or whatever, and just being like, hey, you know, we're narrowing it down, and we just wanted to see how, you know, things are going. And then in, I guess, about July or beginning of August, I found out that I had made it to the third and final round, and that was going out to California to meet all of the casting people and producers and stuff like that. And they take you out there for a weekend. It was like a Friday to Sunday, I think. And um, yeah, it's like not long, but you're in your hotel room the whole time. You don't get to leave unless they come and get you to leave. Oh my god! And so I, I basically, you know, I got a free trip to LA and I didn't even get to, do, <laughs> to spend any time outside of the hotel. Right. And you meet all of the casting people and they ask you a bunch of questions. They put you on camera kind of to test the waters and see how you would be. Again, more questions. You meet more people. Um, now, Kimberly, I had you remember. watched the show prior? Yeah, I had. I had definitely watched Jillian season okay. of The Bachelorette, and I watched prior to that. I mean, I there. I don't remember when I. I didn't start watching it from the very beginning. I don't think because I don't really remember that. But I would watch off and on here and there. Um, uh, I remember. But yes, I, I definitely knew about the show and I and I knew, you know, the details of it. So I was well versed in Bachelor 
nation, but it is, it was not like how it is now. <laughs> right, right. It was, it was vastly different. You know, we didn't really have social media. You have Facebook and that's, that's about it. Oh my gosh. And so, and, oh, and MySpace, we had MySpace. And <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> let's not forget MySpace. Right, blast from the past. And so, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm there in August and um, I find out that filming is going to start in October and they're like, oh, and and when you're there in August, that's when they also do the uh, meeting with the psychologist, like the psych eval and more background questions. I mean, I think it was like a 500 question thing that we had to fill out at at some point in the casting process. Um, They did the STD test while we were out there as well. So, Um, and I, I don't remember specifically what kind of questions they asked, just general, like, why are you still single? Tell us about yourself. You know, what will you do to get the bachelor's attention? Mm. Kind of stuff like that. I think they really were just testing the waters to see how you were as a person. Right. And I guess I wowed them enough and they called me again. They had been calling me nonstop from that time to basically until I left for filming. And again, they just wanted to know anything and everything. They they wanted to be my best friend, I thought. I wanted to be their best friend. They were so nice. And, right, right. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that point, I hadn't signed any contracts. You know, you don't sign it until you get selected for the show. So, like, you get selected, and that was in September, I believe, middle of September. And, and that's when I got my contract. And so I had my lawyer look over it just to make sure everything was okay. And I signed it and sent it back. But up until then, I hadn't signed any contracts. And so I was just kind of freely talking about my life and everything, you know, that had to do with that. I remember sitting at my kitchen table, just like divulging all of this information and not thinking anything of it, because when you're having a conversation with someone, you want to be as a, as open and maybe not vulnerable, but you want to be as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I am. I'm not a super guarded person. I mean, I, I am a little bit more now, but I wasn't really. I was a very open book, and most of my close friends, everyone that knew me knew what happened in my life, and so I didn't think that t- telling anybody about my best friend's suicide or my dad's affair or like, you know, this, that, or the other, that it would come back to haunt me right? Um, as if it doesn't already (laughs) haunt me enough. Right. And so I left for filming in October and you get out there on Monday and they have you in a hotel for four days. The filming started on Thursday night And so you're in the hotel kind of doing, that's when they do all their like test shots and then the promo pics and more like on-camera interviews. Oh, and to back up a little bit, they also sent someone out in September to do my like hometown video. Oh, right. Yeah. So a producer came out and spent all day one weekend, like all Sunday with me. And we went to a bunch of different spots in Norman that I, you know, I call home, started up my dance studio, my childhood dance studio, went to my parents' house, filmed there a little bit. And then he, after filming was done, he came over and had dinner with my family. 
And so, like, you get to know these people really, really, really well, and you trust them. And my parents trusted him. And I just want to point out real quick, because I think and I remember this, too. Your producer was the same one that was accused of having an affair with Rosalind, right? One of the contestants? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's important to point out and that you (laughs) do not feel that actually happened, that you don't think he was capable. I know that a lot of people are positive that it happened because he came out and said it happened. Rosalind still vehemently denies it. Okay. I don't know what to believe. I wouldn't be surprised if, if something happened or... But there's not a ton of time that you're just, like, alone. Right. And she was there. I mean, she got sent home week two. So, I don't know. A lot of the girls in the house also say that they saw stuff. But I'm also like, okay, when you're kind of flirty with someone or whatever, do you really think anything of it? Like, I don't know if they had any sort of, like, intimate times together right or physical yeah things that people were saying were like oh you were all over him or whatever and it's like well okay I I mean yeah she's also a big flirt just generally speaking so So I don't know I don't want to I don't want to claim that it did or didn't happen because I don't know I wasn't there yeah but my belief is that it didn't I also kind of give people the benefit of the doubt right right okay before Um, like judging them for things yeah, of Personal. course. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I thought that was important to point out. No, you're fine. But yes, it was the same guy. And okay. he was incredibly nice. I mean, we got along great. We talked all the time. I talked to other producers as well. He wasn't the only one I talked to, but he was the one I had the most contact with. And and then he was the one that also kind of ended the night for me when I went home. And so... I don't know. He was, he was my producer. And so I, um, I got to know him really well and he got to know me really well. And I never, there was never a time where I I was like, Oh, he's, you know, flirting with me, but they did say, they would say all the time, Jake's going to love you. Like, or whoever it was, it was, you know, Oh my gosh, they're just going to love you. Like you are incredible. You are so beautiful. You are, you know, this, that, or the other. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are making me feel so great. Like, I love this. Thank you so much. You know, they know what they're doing to get you to open up. And so right. yeah, they made it sound like they were like, oh yeah, you won't be spending Thanksgiving with your family if you get chosen. Like you should plan to be gone for a while. They, they tell them all that. They tell everybody that, you know, you're going to make it to the end. Oh my gosh. And they know like, that a confident contestant is going to be much more, you know, enjoyable to watch, yes. right? Yes. No, you're exactly right. I mean, and it makes you, it makes them more competitive too. Like, oh, well, everyone already knows that I'm going to be picked. So Definitely. I'm going to like, wow, you know, go interrupt this one-on-one time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So the contract itself, when you got the contract, did anything stick out to you that was really odd? I mean, you had obviously never seen a contract like that before, right? So was anything kind of like make you pause? The thing that made me pause the most was the fact that they basically own you media-wise for two years post-show. I think it's two. Oh, two years. Wow. Maybe it's only one. Maybe it's one year. One year from the finale, right? 
Yes, one year from the finale. So, you know, when I was on the show, they were like, you must close down all social media Mm. and you cannot open up your accounts until finale. Post show is when you can get back on social media. So I think it's really hilarious now that they all get to get back on like, oh, hey, I'm back from filming. Therefore, I can be back on social media. Yeah, right. It's just like. It's like, well, why didn't we get that? So, (laughs) so stupid. But so, yeah, when you know why that is, though, right? Why? I think it's so that they can promote the show. Because if you look. Oh, right. No, you're all of Matt's girls did that. I want to even say all of Peter's girls did that. I want to say that it's been happening here for a few years. Right. Oh, yeah. It's been like this for a few years. And I just remember. I ended up opening my Facebook when I got home because I got home after one week of being gone and I opened my Facebook back up and it was like nothing happened. You know, it was like it would have been a lot weirder if I didn't have Facebook. So anyway, I ended up opening it back up and they didn't say anything, but they also did invite me to the women tell all. So, oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So I think I think they were punishing me because I. Also got a boyfriend when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> it's fine. We're just living our best lives here. <laughs> right? You're like, I was only there for a week, people. Calm down. <laughs> Truly. But you would never know it from my, you know, my ending on the show. You would never know that I was doing okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So you meet him and was there instant chemistry? Um, I mean... I was instantly nervous and I I wouldn't say that there was chemistry, but like, I also just kind of feel like when I was in my twenties, I was a huge flirt. I mean, all of my friends would say that <laughs> I feel like I, I kind of knew what to do to like get a guy's attention. And, but he also was really good at calming people. I feel like he had a, he had a really good presence about him mm. that was kind and calm and so when I first met him he was a shorter than I expected him to be I didn't I didn't realize he was going to be short you know he's not short but like shorter than what I expected and is he under six feet um you know he might be right at six feet okay but he looks so much t- I think it's because he was on Jillian season Jill's such a she's so she's so petite, so petite yes and so I thought he was taller, and which is not a big deal. I'm five three. It's not like I was ever going to tower <laughs> over him by any means. But I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then he was like, wow, you have beautiful eyes. And I was like, oh. I was truly taken aback. Like, Aww. was not expecting for him to to right off of the bat give me a compliment. And then you know he's from Texas and I'm from Oklahoma, and so I kind of you know gave a little. Oh, you football spiel. And I wouldn't say there wasn't chemistry, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, the sparks are flying. Okay. Got it. You know, cause you're just nervous. Yes. So pretty much anything at that point is probably sparks because you're like, hi, I'm shaking. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's like a first date, right? I mean, you just yes. you don't know what to expect. And yeah. And then there's, yes. there's just, there's cameras all over you. There's lights. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. It was a, a total out of body experience. Mm. I don't even really remember 
the whole thing. And so many people say that, that I've interviewed, that they said the same thing. Because you're just like, you're in that moment and you're trying to be present, but you're also, you know, a ball of nerves. So (laughs) you're like, I need to not be obnoxious. And, you know, just like, I need to calm myself down. So it was um, right. interesting. (laughs) So the first conversation you guys had, did you feel more comfortable after that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I was ever, it's hard because there are so many things happening around the mansion that like, I don't ever feel like you ever really calm down because you're like, oh, they're telling me to go over here and do this. And and, oh, they're telling me to go talk to so-and-so about whatever. Okay, And they have certain things things that they need to get there were a lot of times that at that point I hadn't gotten one-on-one time yet and I was so I kept going up to them asking if I could get one-on-one time and it kind of was brushed aside Mm. and so I don't ever feel like I ever stopped being nervous because I was nervous that I was not going to get one-on-one time and then I finally got two-on-one time with Catherine and Jake and me, and they made it abundantly clear that the two-on-one time would not be about me. It would be about Catherine and kind of her story. And so I, but even at that point, I was still like, oh, well, you know, everything that they've always told me, you know, prior to the show is that I'm going to make it. So I really didn't, I wasn't nervous that I wasn't going to make it to the, like, next week. Right. I was just nervous because there's so much going on, and I hadn't really gotten a chance to speak to him. And then there were times that, like, he would disappear for a really long period of time. Mm. And I don't know if he was sleeping or if he was, <laughs> you know, in, taking in a interviews nap. or whatever. I really, truly think he was taking a nap. Oh, my gosh. Really? I don't know if that's true. That's just my theory. That is but funny. It would be yeah because they would need to get other content I mean they needed to get other you know uh, things that girls are doing that are stupid and you know whatever and so I just feel like the whole time I was just kind of like not myself right you know I mean or maybe or maybe myself is just I am really I am an extroverted introvert where like I can talk to people but it really exhausts me Mm. to also have to do things and so I never really got a chance to recharge ever at all in the night. And it starts at, you start early in the evening, you know, you're starting at like six or seven, they take you from the hotel around then, and then you limo to the mansion and the actual cocktail parties probably starts around nine. And so then you're starting the cocktail party. I mean, I was so nervous. I didn't really eat much. I also didn't drink a lot. I wasn't much of a drinker back then and so I kind of like would carry around my champagne and forget to drink it or whatever and they would <laughs> give it. me more yeah I just I didn't really drink so but I was so nervous I didn't eat either and oh gosh so it starts around nine and then around it was like two o'clock in the morning I remember looking at the clock and being like are you kidding me like <laughs> It's 2 a.m. and I'm still, like, we're still doing this and I and the night's not over yet. So it probably wasn't until about 5, five o'clock that they started setting us up for the rose ceremony. Oh and apparently we had to stop that because there were roosters 
roosters. It was, it was time for the roosters to wake everyone up. Oh, no. But, like, we had to stop filming because of that. So that's really funny. So it just goes to show, like, how long the night really is. Right. Did it feel really orchestrated when you're there? Like, super yeah. orchestrated? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. 100%. I, I would never say that it's scripted, but it's definitely, like, they ask you a ton of questions. And then I think as it goes on is kind of how they pin who's going to be who, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you feel that they storyboard also? Because I've heard that they storyboard kind of like, you know, these girls in this situation, like how this is going to go almost like a I, plot. I do. I do think that I don't obviously have the experience that a lot of other people do where they were on it for a lot longer than I was. But based off of my experience, I do believe that Mm. I just feel like because they were so there were so many times that they would be like, oh, go up to the group of girls and ask them if they have ever been in the Mile High Club. Oh, my God. Or. I mean, so ridiculous, right? And then (laughs) another time where they were like, oh, go ask Corey, you know, what she thought about the XYZ. And then in my, like, ITNs, they would be like, oh, what did you think about Christina's entrance? Like, ew, right? And I was like, oh, I actually thought it was really funny. (laughs) And then they kept prying. They would kind of keep trying to get me to talk poorly about the other girls. And I didn't feel comfortable with that. So I didn't, and I wasn't dramatic. I, I mean, I didn't do anything out of the box. You know, I was just kind of myself and quiet, and I kind of let everyone else take front and center, and I think that's where I went wrong. But you also not don't wrong. want to not be yourself either, so. Exactly. Like, it's it's not that I did wrong. It's just I think that that was what they wanted against my favor yeah yeah did you see that drama was being rewarded as far as like time with jake or you know oh 100 yeah 100 wow. that's so yeah. upsetting to hear that i hate hearing that it makes me so mad i'm just like yeah. no it makes you look at the show a lot different i like, know oh so they let that girl go in and interrupt you know right. their one-on-one time or or whatever it is. Right. I just, I have a hard time trusting anything. That- well, yeah. And then that girl gets heat for doing that, but yet she was told to yep. do it. And you guys really can't say no, because if you do yep. say no, then you either go home the first night or yep. you get no time. I mean, that's kind of, exactly. I think that's what kind of happened with, you know, Peter and Kelly. Like Kelly wasn't playing along, so they kept Kelly away from Peter. When in fact, 100%. that's who... Peter should have chosen, right, in the very end. So, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so frustrating. And that's why I love interviewing, you know, contestants because we know this, we don't want to believe it, but it is really <laughs> the truth. It really is. Now, were you surprised? Because obviously you watched the show when you got back home. And were you surprised that he chose Vienna in the end? Or was were you like, oh, that makes yeah. sense? Yeah. The first thing that I said to my family when I got home was, you know, there's this one girl and if he chooses her, then I know we were never meant to be. And I was talking about Vienna because of just how different and kind of neat. She was definitely more boisterous and 
said everything that was on her mind. I mean, the girl had no filter. (laughs) And I was just like, that is just not my personality at all. And I'm, I am not a, Hey, look at me type of person, which is hilarious because I realized that I was an NBA dancer for two years. Like I, I get that. I get the irony, but I'm just not that way for me. I was like, we are so polar opposites as humans. I mean, let alone our look, we looked nothing alike. So for me, I was like, if he chooses her, then I, there was not a snowball's chance in hell that I was ever getting chosen. (laughs) None. But she was the only person that I met that night that I felt that way about. Oh, wow. Interesting. Immediately kind of felt a, a, a tension, if you will, when I was around her. Well, and they didn't work out. So clearly, you know, she wasn't the one for him. And I think he saw her true colors, you know, after pretty quickly. Well, and after. I also, I think Jake probably has some demons of his own that nobody knows about as well. And I actually, I, I truly think that Vienna has, has been through a lot of crap. And I think that a lot of people blamed a lot of things on Vienna because she was the villain of our season. I also wouldn't be surprised if Jake had plenty to do with their demise as well. Mm -hmm. I mean... They were toxic for sure. Yes. Definitely. (laughs) Okay, so going back to you not getting a rose at the first rose ceremony, were you shocked or did you kind of... Were you expecting that at all? No, I was shocked. Because like I said, they made me feel like, oh yeah, you're definitely going to get picked. Like... They just make you, they build you up. They make you feel so good. And so I was, even though I hadn't had one-on-one time with him, I thought that like we had enough of a connection that, and enough in common that like he would have chosen me or I thought for sure he would have remembered me or whatever. But that's me being dumb. Of course, I didn't get chosen. And so I was leaving and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I, I, I want to go back in there and change his mind. (laughs) And do you think it was his choice or do you think it was production's choice? Because they do get to, they have influence on who the lead does keep. I definitely think that they have influence. And I, I think a lot of it was because I wasn't very outgoing. I think he gets his choice too. My personal opinion is that it's kind of an even thing, like, or maybe they're swayed a certain direction. Like it, you know, you have to make it seem like it's their idea, you know, the lead's idea to pick certain people or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think there were plenty of people in the bunch that, like, I would have gotten chosen over those people based off of my sort of demeanor and much nicer personality. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. But apparently he didn't care about if people were nice. So. <laughs> So you have your exit interview and it's the producer that did your hometown, the one that was involved with Rosalind, all of that. It's that same person that you felt very, very close to, had opened up to. And what does this producer say to you? (laughs) So I'm leaving and they call me, they take me out back of the mansion for my, my exit interview. And I'm like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I had told them that multiple times I said you know whatever happens happens like this is fun for me and and so I said that in my interview and I was like I'm I'm okay I'm sad obviously I would have wanted to stay longer but you know everything happens for a reason and I'm ready to go home 
And they were not accepting of that answer. And so, <laughs> so I said it again and he was like, yeah, but I mean, your dad had an affair and your best friend killed herself. And this is just one more thing that you can add to the list of failures. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, dagger. <laughs> okay. So that sucks. <laughs> And I started crying. And I mean, at that point, it was like I had been up for 24 hours. It was seven o'clock in the morning. I was hungry. I was tired. I was ready to get the F out of there. And I started crying. And I was like, yeah, I would have liked to have more time. But I think that I, you know, something could have happened. Sure. Yes. And so I just kind of said what I said it. Of course, like I obviously I'm the one I'm the idiot who said those things, but it was also like, okay, fine, you know, I'll give in. This is what you want me to say sort of thing. And so I ended up saying it and obviously that's stupid. Like looking back on past exit interviews or whatever, there are a lot of people who cry night one or who, you know, who are really, really upset night one. And I was always the person that was like oh my gosh, you don't even know this person. Why are you (laughs) crying? Well, now I know. Right. It's because they did it on purpose, okay? (laughs) Oh my gosh. They just use whatever they have to get you to that state. Yeah. That is awful. I am so sorry. That's just, I'm just, I'm so glad that you came forward and, you know, told the world this because it's it's important and I think it just like you said it makes you look at the show very very differently yes. for someone who's watched from season one you know if I were to go back I think I'd have such a different experience watching the series because you know the show because of all the things that I've learned now from past contestants so I have a love-hate relationship with the show I really do which oh, I'm I sure yeah I'm sure all of you do I mean how could you not you know how could you not but Anyway, I, I'm glad that you left the show, though, and was able <laughs> to find your person for, yes. <laughs> before we wrap up. Tell me, you know, what life is like with him, what just your bliss. I want to hear your bliss. <laughs> we had our sixth wedding anniversary in March, and we got married in Mexico. We got married um, in Puerto Vallarta, and then we you know, went honeymooned in, um, at Playa Mujeres. <laughs> we were in Mexico for that. And it was like the most fun. It was really small. It was, you know, just our like immediate families. And it was exactly what we would have wanted, you know? And then we bought a house about four and a half years ago together. I had moved into his home. And so it was really great being able to buy my first house and then also buy it with him. Yeah. And um, we have two dogs, a little seven-month-old puppy and an eight-year-old old man dog. <laughs> and, and we don't have any kids. That was one of the first things that we talked about on our first date was neither one of us really felt compelled to have kids. And so we kind of still stand by that, you know, nine years later. And So smart. Um, <laughs> We have nieces and nephews, and we love them dearly, but they are hard work, and I will never stop being selfish, and I know that about myself, and so we, you know, made the the decision that we don't 
we don't want to have kids. We really enjoy each other and love free time. And good for you. And so we've loved to travel. Um, a few years ago, we went to Europe and then we go to Mexico all the time. We just love kind of the ease of getting there. It's so easy to get there. Right. But we love to try and pick a new place every year. And then obviously with COVID, it kind of put a kink in our in our plans. So we've got uh, big dreams of traveling lots of other places. So I've, I'm like, I'm trying to make a list, you know, these are all the places that I really want to go eventually in our lives. And so we are, you know, very fortunate to have found each other. And he's funny. He's sarcastic. He's, he's, you know, can be a little bit of an asshole, but like, so can I, but I think that's what <laughs> make like, I think if I was with someone that was like too nice, I would probably just walk all over right. them. And so he really compliments me, I feel like. Aww. And he, he truly is one of the best people I know. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's been a, a good six years of marriage. And I won't say it was easy. I mean, marriage is hard, you know. But we're fine now. We're doing great. So it's just uh, <laughs> a lot of work. Well, Kimberly, I have loved getting cozy with you. I am so happy we connected on Clubhouse. You have been so, you, I have to tell you, you have been so supportive of my page and just, I really appreciate that. I really do. And I'm so happy to. I love your content, but I mean, you make it easy. Thank you so much. It's not like I'm having to go out of my way to do it. I really love this stuff that you post in your podcast and everything. Um, It's fun. It's fun to listen to past contestants as well. So I love Clubhouse for connecting me with not just podcasters like you, but people from the franchise who I, you know, wouldn't have been able to meet otherwise. So it's really, it's such a cool place to do it. It really is. And I'm telling you, you know, trust us that if you're not on there, you really are missing out on some amazing conversations. I mean, yeah, mind blowing. I have a few amazing. I have a few invites. So if anybody needs them. Yes, same here. So just reach out, please. On that note, do you have anyone that you would love for me to have on the pod and to get to know a little better? Uh, Just off the top of your head? Is there someone that you would love to have me have as as a guest? Honestly, I I mean you have gotten some really amazing people. I Thank I you. feel like we've talked about this. I really love Kelsey Weir from Peter Season. I think the girls from Peter Seasons were some of my faves. Honestly, I I like so many people in the franchise that I'm here for any of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I think whatever you're doing is great. Oh, thank you. I did talk to Kelsey. She is definitely interested in coming on Top Talk. At the time, she was hosting Kelly in Nashville. So, yeah, she's like, I just moved in. Let me like have a breather for a few weeks. So I'll touch back with her. I always liked her. I really liked her on his show. I thought that she had a really good head on her shoulders. I thought she was adorable and sweet and funny and just like so down to earth. I loved how like real she was. So, yes. And I loved, I mean, I'm like obsessed with Champagne Gate. I think that's like maybe one of the funniest <laughs> things to ever come from the franchise is their oh, stupid yeah. fight over champagne. And it just really makes me like, because I love champagne. And so <laughs> my girlfriend Kat actually bought us all stickers and wine glasses that have Kelsey's face on them that oh, say Champagne Gate. Oh my God. 
and she put them on the wine glasses and so like that is like our bachelor <laughs> bachelor wine cup <laughs> you have <laughs> to do a story on that and i will t- and tag kelsey and i will repost and tag her and okay. say kimberly said to come on the pod <laughs> that's a great idea actually that is really wonderful let's do it for sure <laughs> well where can everybody find you on instagram clubhouse uh, if they want to connect I am on Instagram. I am Burley1786 on Clubhouse. I am Burley1786. And then TikTok. TikTok. I'm BurleyVic1786. Burley1786. Well, you guys, please go follow her. And I love your TikTok content as well. Please keep putting that out. I've got some other ideas I just need to get videoed. So good. I will, you know, it's just pushing out the content is so time consuming. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Yeah, you do know. <laughs> Definitely. So Kimberly, thank you again so much for being my guest. I just loved it. We learned so much about you and thank you for being so open yeah. and honest and transparent. We really appreciate that. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. And you guys, thank you so much for listening. You can follow the pod at Getting Cozy with Aaron on Instagram. And do not forget about my new pod, Bash After Dark. We just recorded with Matt Donald. And if you are wanting to binge, we have Mike Johnson and also Blake Horseman. And they are spicy and sexy. And yeah, you're going to want to like take a shower afterwards. I promise you. So. <laughs> That's on Spotify, Batch After Dark. It's a lot of fun. So please go follow us there, um, Batch After Dark Pod on Instagram. So again, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you guys stay safe and always stay cozy. Till next time, bye.